Hi, my name's Emily and I'm an osteopath and healthcare enthusiast working in the Midlands. I spend every week helping my patients reduce their aches and pains, move their bodies more and live the healthiest life possible. And now I want you to join the conversation. In this podcast, I'll be investigating the people and places around the Midlands that are on the same mission and ask them to share their knowledge to transform your health. There's no subject that's off topic. Nutrition, mental health, sleep and fitness, it's all here. This is the Healthy Midlands podcast. Right, so now we can begin talking about all of the reasons that resistance and weight training is important not just for how you look and I think that that has been um, like just one of the really overriding things in health and fitness at the moment is uh, it's a real like Instagram culture of like how do you look in your gym kit and how are you gonna like present your um, gym mirror selfies Mm. to the rest of the world on social media Um, and we kind of especially younger people I think forget all of the benefits of exercise that aren't just how do you look at the end of it what do you find when you're working that um yeah so I I do tend to find that that sort of like um Instagram culture can be like quite dangerous especially on how people perceive themselves yeah um they're very um into how they look and not how they feel and how um weight training is going to benefit just their total overall health. Um, one of the biggest um, things which clients tend to be surprised on is how weight training can affect their cardio health. Because um, when you think cardio, people just think about like getting a heart rate into like a certain zone. And run miles and miles. Yeah, running miles and miles or, you know, using a, a, a cross trainer in a gym or something. <gasps> And you see these people sitting in the gym on the cross trainer for like hours and hours and they, they're like, well, they're literally not getting anywhere. No. Um, but they, they don't even appear to be, I mean, like it's just a trope that you see time and again, isn't it? You walk into the gym and there'll be um, somebody just kind of hanging out on the cross trainer, phone in one hand, like they're completely not present in their body. And they, they'll sit there for like 45 minutes an hour and think that, that's going to improve their health and fitness. They're not in any sort of working zone. The effort's not there. Uh, And they'll come and say, like, especially to us in clinic, that, oh, yeah, you know, I go to the gym three or four times a week. And you're like, "Mm." Well, yeah, some people, you know, it's just being in the building for an hour is enough for them or they, or they think it's enough for them. Yeah. Um, like I've seen people on like cross trains and bikes, like magazines, like reading <laughs> the magazines. And while that's probably better than sitting on your bottom and reading the magazine, <laughs> um, it doesn't set, like it just doesn't set you up for progress and success really, does it? No. But when you look at the government guidelines on activity, it's very vague and it's very like set out in that mindset of well if I'm in the gym building for 150 minutes a week doing something moderately uh you know movement Mm. based then I've I've met fulfilled the standard that at the moment the the kind of guideline is for that 150 minutes of kind of moderate movement a week and it's not it's not that much really is it they have recently um the UK government in their infinite wisdom 
included the advice that they do think that two strength training activities in a week should be recommended. Um, and I guess we're going to cover some of the reasons why that is in the next kind of 20 minutes or so. Um, so yeah. you kind of touched on cardiovascular fitness. How is it that strength training improves that? Um, well, it, it, it is certainly going to get your heart rate up into that cardiovascular sort of zone, as people would call it. Um, I know, like for myself, if I like train legs, then I'm sweating buckets. Um, I'm like panting. Like I've had clients um, do uh, training sessions with me, and they get the heart rate so high, you know, they're grabbing their inhalers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, you know they're, they're 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 struggling. You know, yeah, um, yeah, they're feeling it. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And it's it's just it's going to be helping with your um, obviously you you get hurry ups. It's going to be helping your, your um, that sort of like cardio help. It's also going to be helping like lowering down your blood pressure as well. Yeah, because if you challenge your cardiovascular system regularly, then your body is going to be so much better able to. Um, to kind of change your blood pressure as you go through the day because it is used to being more yeah. dynamic. So, exactly. let, you know, you're not going to get these kind of high blood pressure episodes if something stressful happens and then not be able to like down regulate that again. Uh, or you have to carry a, a bag for life of, you know, uh, groceries up a flight of stairs in front of yeah. your flat building. It, it um, helps you to kind of find hope that homeostasis that we kind of like yeah, always yeah, talk yeah. about in the body bringing everything back down to normal um and be a lot more adaptive um there's kind of in cholesterols and stuff like that yeah. as well so yeah. uh kind of people who exercise regularly seeing a reduction in cholesterol which is sometimes really difficult to manage with diet you can have a really quite a good diet and still have quite high cholesterol because um, I mean there's loads of genetic factors and all sorts of stuff at play there but um, I think sometimes people think that they're gonna uh, switch their uh, butter out to uh, like a olive oil spread and that's gonna (laughs) (laughs) they're talking about like plant sterols and those and they think that that's gonna do it and I think that probably the more effective thing for that would be to start doing a bit of exercise in a more serious way yeah, definitely i mean it, w- one of the things which um surprises a lot, a lot of my clients is obviously we, we we know that if you want to lose weight you need to move more and you need to eat less in terms of like calories but the more strength training that you're doing the more weight that you're losing in theory the more food you'll be allowed to eat as well yeah and your body is going to have that much like higher metabolic um demand because you've built those kind of type 1 muscle fibers up that support you in your cardio work then as well yeah um and then you know it's always a benefit if you know a client does lose a load of weight and they hit their sort of um target weight and then they're thinking well i've hit this weight well now I, I now I just want to focus on just getting stronger and now the good news is now you can eat more as well yeah there's always you know and coming on to that like metabolic health mm. big one for resistance training and, and the reasons to train apart from just what you look like is metabolic health so we already know that while exercise to look good isn't and I don't think should be anybody's kind of primary goal with movement and exercise is how they look I think that that comes later on um if at all because you know if you're you're healthy and you're feeling good in yourself then that's that's where you want to be at um but kind of people who strength train usually 
not such an instance of obesity, not such an instance of diabetes. It like really yeah. reduces. Um, yeah, so if you, if you do have a history of diabetes in your family, you can reduce the risk of diabetes um, by up to 34%. And we're talking about um, that type 2 diabetes, yeah, yeah, like yeah, insulin yeah. resistance rather than yeah. um, autoimmune type 1 diabetes yeah, yeah. and things like that, where they're more insulin dependent. Yeah, um, yeah no, and then moving into the next part then <laughs> moving <laughs> that's such bad. so bad um but thinking about kind of mechanical movement and stuff bone health joint health mm. and and other conditions that are you know rife within uh kind of particular families if you know that your parents have had osteoporosis osteopenia osteoarthritis mm. or indeed like any of the um kind of inflammatory rheumatological arthritis is uh, exercising regularly and strength training I think some people are really frightened to load their body with weight yeah yeah they definitely are especially like in certain areas I tend to find so like um, especially like in like the back mm. so like um, I was training a client recently who um, didn't understand what the feeling in his back was when he was doing exercise like deadlifts he didn't understand that that's the thing that you want. He thought like that thing is a bad feeling, and yeah. you know the this he's confusing. He yeah, he's confusing yeah. muscle work and muscle pain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And now his back's getting stronger. Although having so. done some very serious weightlifting myself yesterday, <laughs> I am now confusing the feeling of muscle work with <laughs> muscle pain. Um, I think it's sometimes a bit of a fine line, but yeah. loading safely with good form especially mm. for people who've had back pain in the past and learning to recruit those muscles in a way that is um structured and um where you're moving with good movement patterns it's actually a really good way to down regulate people's nervous systems mm. and help them feel more confident in day-to-day -day movements if you know that you can load even if it's like half of your body weight onto a barbell and move that weight suddenly emptying the dishwasher doesn't really seem easy. so challenging yeah. so challenging to yeah. um the, the how the brain perceives the back or indeed how that back yeah. performs that movement so even when people have had you know um arthritic pain disc pain um and and being so fearful of movement going forward and moving weights can really teach them how to move well and teach mm. them how to move well in everyday life as well no yeah yeah exactly and uh, how to how to brace for heavy movements as well um i think it, it's, it's quite important um going on to like that sort of like how to kind of lift with like correct form um it, 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 I, I tend to tell clients it's not technically bad form there's only lifting too heavy weight for your body in a, in a certain position yeah because you could bend down in something that would you know to a health and safety manual and yeah. people go on these like manual, manual handling days and yeah. stuff at work you could bend down in a way that would look atrocious yeah. to someone who wrote that manual to pick up a feather and it would be fine yeah. but if you picked up kind of you know a sandbag on a building site that yeah. way could be a bit disastrous no, exactly so if I'm 
you know, train and climb, you have to lift sandbags for work. Well, when we're doing deadlifts, I'm, we're going to do deadlifts with correct form. We're also going to do deadlifts with what might be typically classed as not correct form because we need his back to be strong whilst he's picking those sandbags. Yeah, and training, uh, yeah, more yeah. more when you're with a trainer who understands yeah all of these yeah. things but and using different different kinds of weights as well so mm. and like i know that you unstable you're a big weights. fan of like yeah an unstable yeah. weight so not maybe a barbell maybe something like a power bag which is essentially yeah. like a massive sandbag with it handles is, on yeah. um <laughs> or a slam ball or yeah, something slam balls, like that kettlebells resistance yeah. bands all that yeah and then lifting these in kind of different ways and different ranges mm. to encourage dynamic strength really really good yeah, I, I, I very much like to think of what what's the function of this muscle or muscle group within the body rather than the action or the movement. Yeah. Um, so in particular, when training clients for like, because um, a big one we get is I want to come in and I want to train my core. And it's like, yeah. well, well, I'm not going to do sit-ups with you because, yeah. it's, you know, you might feel a burn in your abs, but your core is not necessarily going to get stronger. Yeah, and I think that, that you see that a lot with, um, it's quite an old school, like not to dwell on back pain too much, but it yeah. is a bit of a, it's becoming a little bit stale now as an idea that the only thing that you have to do for back pain is to develop your core strength. Mm. And you would, you know, like, oh God, if I like hear one more patient who's like, oh, I, do, I can do a 90 second plank. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, but that being like the gold standard yeah. of core strength but no i don't know any well no i do know patients who've brought back pain on doing planks <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in a bad way yeah. um but you know how much time really do you spend day to day in a plank position not, not an awful lot <laughs> no. so you want your strength training to be dynamic and you want to be moving through space and having different challenges on your body mm. so that it works and i think strength training is probably the best way to do that so we've kind of i mean we're blasting through these <laughs> yeah. um i just really really quickly i did have a look at some studies mm. before we started talking today and um you know obviously the there's some amazing information out there and information where you can break the data down even by regional group mm. so we're very interested in what happens in the west midlands in terms of health and fitness and i found that actually only about two-thirds of people in the west midlands are achieving what the government are recommending for physical activity, um, which is that 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise and two strength training sessions a week of some description. But what I found even worse than that was when I looked at the um, governing body for British weightlifting. Actually, it says that only 24% of women and 34% of men are doing anywhere near enough strength training in the UK as of 2018. Uh, and they count uh, the population in that as being anyone between 19 and 65. So these are young people who yeah. are not doing potentially anything to make their body stronger. I, th I think it, it, it's probably worse than what it lets on, especially when... You, you, we kind of think what does the government consider strength training as well yeah, might or, not be the most challenging of stuff no. <laughs> uh, not to dwell too much on the controversial British government <laughs> uh, 
but this is obviously this is data from 2018 and mm. we've been through three lockdowns where the gyms have been shut since then so with the, as an estimate and just from my own mind and the patients that I see in clinic can probably take a guess that those numbers are a little bit lower yeah, even now, lower now. <laughs> which is interesting because the last point that we wanted to talk about today was actually not how strength training can make you feel on uh, how you look or even what it does to your physical body but what it does to your mind. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you find kind of your clients changing their mindset when they start strength training? Oh, so much happier. Like, obviously, uh, strength training is going to um, reduce uh, things like depression and anxiety. Um, it, it just really boosts their confidence, especially... Um, with beginner clients, um, if they've never done weightlifting before, um, their strength gains tend to come about a lot quicker, and it, it just really gives them like that sense of achievement. And especially um, clients who train in the morning, I tend to find they've kind of like ticked off that first sort of like to do list on there. Yeah, like I know yeah. that I feel so much more productive all day if I train in the morning yeah. and. I don't know if it's ever quite the same like sometimes I'll go for a run in the morning sometimes I'll go and PT or I'll go and lift some weights but I think that if you do something that you didn't think that you would be able to do and it's before mm. eight o'clock in the morning maybe <laughs> sure. nine o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. um and you've kind of like got that as a little um, you know, accomplishment yeah. for going into the day. Yeah. You're you're gonna face the challenges of that day, whether it's like a working day or you just want to get something done at home. Yeah. You've already got that kind of endorphin boost. You've got that confidence boost. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it, it helps when clients are able to like quantify weight as well. Yeah. So like they're like, oh my god, I've just like squatted my body weight. Like that's that's always a really good uh, achievement. Yeah, because it's yeah, you know, it's a good visual as well that mm. you can think. Oh, I put a person who's as heavy as me on my back. Yeah, I squatted down and I got back up again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> great. It's bizarre though, isn't it? <laughs> I think it is. It's a really measurable outcome when you can see the numbers that you lift go up. Mm. Yeah, but definitely. I mean, it gets a little um, heart heartbreaking when you're. You'd be training for like two years and then the sort of strength gains start to slow down but it's, yeah, it's just natural. I think you say that from personal experience. <laughs> from personal experience. <laughs> Especially next time talking overhead press like putting like an extra five kilograms on that that oh my god it takes so long. <laughs> yeah it's all relative isn't it? No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, so you turn into um, not only personal trainer but maybe like counsellor then as well. Oh, sometimes you do, yeah. <laughs> Some of the stuff your clients tell you about. Oh, you don't no. know, but... Yeah, but it's all, oh, I guess that's all part of it as well. well you're isn't just it? an ear, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not allowed to tell them anything. Just, uh, just for listeners who might not realise, Matt is literally just an ear because <laughs> yeah, he's unfortunately completely deaf in one of his ears. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little bit confused when you put me on this side of the room. I thought I'd be sat there. I can't even hear me. <laughs> right, so that is 
so many reasons to get into strength training. Um, if you are thinking about getting into strength training, then hitting up your local personal trainer, potentially Matt from Ebrook Fitness in Sutton Caulfield, it could be him, um, would be a fantastic idea. If you are just looking for some hints and tips and you would like to know more about Matt and the way that he trains, make sure to head on over to his Instagram page at Ebrook Fitness to find out more. Thanks for listening to the Healthy Midlands podcast. Make sure to hit the follow button so that you can be the first to know when the next episode is up. Leave a review or share this podcast with a friend if you found it useful. And for more, come and find us on Instagram at Healthy Midlands. <laughs>